When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Lakers talk tonight. Uh, we'll go till 8 p.m. tonight. We got a lot to get into. Uh, no guests tonight. We are just uh, we're just going to power through one hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball. And I got a lot to get into. Um, a lot of great topics tonight. You know, we're over a quarter through the season, so we will spend some time going through the good so far this Lakers season as the Lake Show sit at 11-11 plus the bad from this Lakers season, and you know, I'm sure there's uh, a lot of things that we can list out from that perspective. Um, how the Lakers have looked since LeBron has returned. Is this team too dependent on LBJ? Uh, I'll read off a ton of tweets from Laker fans of what's been the biggest issue so far. I threw this out to Laker fans yesterday. I'm just getting a ton of responses, but I think the topics are, are interesting from that. And then we'll take a quick look at the current NBA standings and the uh, upcoming schedule for the Lake Show uh, a couple interesting games. You got the Sacramento Kings tomorrow, of course, triple overtime game just uh, a couple nights ago against the Kings. The Lakers lost. And then on Friday night, Lakers and the Clippers. Still some good meat there between the Lakers and the Clippers. This will be the first time they get a chance to play each other this season. So we got a lot to get into. Appreciate you guys all being a part of the show. Um, let's, uh, let's get started here. So first thing I want to do is I want to throw this out because Harris Resort SoCal is one of our main partners here on Lakers Talk. We got a really cool promotion we're doing with them. So we're going to give listeners a chance to win a two-night stay plus a $100 resort credit to have a fantastic time, a glorious time at Harris Resort SoCal in Funner, California. And this is all you have to do, all the Laker fans that are tuning in right now. Text the word FUNNER, F-U-N-N-E-R, F-U-N-N-E-R right now to 40705 for your chance to win. So text the word FUNNER right now to 40705 for your chance to win. So, uh, again, um, get an opportunity for a two-night stay plus $100 resort credit to uh, Harris Resort SoCal. Um, are you game for a getaway? Start planning your trip today at harrissocal.com. Okay, so we are a quarter through the Lakers season. Let me Can I list off a couple things that has stood out to me so far this Lakers season? And I'm going to start with some positive things. I'm going to start with some optimistic things to look forward to towards the second half of the season. I will say this, just kind of warn Laker fans out there. Um, unfortunately, my list of good things is not as long as my list of concerns. Um, but that's, you know, that's part of the process here. When you're sitting 11-11 and you got the expectations that this Lakers franchise has, of course... Um, you know, you're playing 500 basketball. It's impossible not to be critical on this team as well. But here are the goods that I was able to come up with so far with the Lakers. One of the goods, one of the positives so far has been what Carmelo Anthony has done so far. Carmelo for the Lakers has been fantastic. And trust me, I don't think it's a surprise or a shock and nobody was expecting him to um, continue to have at least the way he started off the season Okay, is, is he going to continue shooting 60% from the field? No, probably not. But if you told me he's averaging just uh, around 14 points a game for the Lakers, um, about four rebounds a game, 
getting good minutes for the Lakers. I'd have told you, okay, I'll take that. I'll sign up with that for Carmelo Anthony. I think Carmelo certainly has shown that um, he could be a player that comes off the bench and is a true contributor. Again, the last few games, that has not been the case for Melo. Um, that has not been uh, the case over, I would say, a lot, at least the last week or so, probably longer than that, where you're really looking at his stat line and saying, okay, wait, he's hitting all those threes. He's incredibly efficient. Um, so I don't want to overreact to that by any stretch of the imagination. But Carmelo has been one of the positive points so far for the Lakers um, as we've uh, got over a quarter through the season. Okay, let me throw out another positive thing here. Um, I know it's going to sound funny for me to say this, or maybe not funny, but interesting. Injuries. Okay, well, how can injuries be a positive thing? It's not a positive thing, but you know that 22 games through the season, you could look at that and say, well, the good thing is with the Lakers 11-11 and record, you've had a lot of good players miss significant time. Um, of course, LeBron being the key player that uh, they're so dependent on this season. I'm going to get into you know the the layers of that on LeBron here in just a second. Um, but I, you you could look that as at a as a positive thing that okay, well Kendrick Nunn still hasn't played a game for the Lakers. Trevor Ariza still hasn't played a game for the Lakers. Um, Tht missed significant times. Austin Reeves is just getting back into the lineup. Um, Monk was out to start the year. Wayne Ellington was out to start the year. So I, I mention all that because, um, you know, it's not a finished product. It is incomplete. And the only way we're going to really find out about this Lakers team is when everybody's healthy. Now, you might not get that luxury this season. Um, you know, of course, LeBron is by far the most important player on this Lakers team and this, and this Lakers roster. I think it just continues to show however you want to uh, analyze this. But I think with that in mind, one of the things that I take away with these injuries is I'm still you know, curious, okay, well, what's it going to look like when they get 25 games together? What's it going to look like when they get 30 games together? And that's just the big three. That's just how LeBron, Russ, and Anthony Davis, when all three of those guys play together, what can that look like? What's the potential? What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? Um, all these other, uh, you know, you could say all these other role players, and that's the Nuns and the Arizas and the Ellingtons and the Monks and all that, you know, all these other guys that you're not going to depend on nearly as much as the big three. We'll see. We'll see how much when Kendrick Nunn eventually comes back to the Lakers, how much of an impact he's going to have. We'll see if Trevor Ariza is going to be a big piece of this Lakers team moving forward. And I know at his age, uh, there's some hesitation in that, but we'll obviously have to wait and see. So I, I tried as best as I can, listing out as many good things that I think has come out of these um, first 22 games, and it's a short list. I did this yesterday with Michael Thompson in the pregame show. The only one Michael added that I didn't have was Austin Reeves, that his start to the season, and I know he was out, but now he's just coming back, that he could be a real role player on this Lakers team. So we'll see what eventually happens on that front. Um, those are my good right there. I know it's a short list. I know it's fast. I know it's uh, quick. Um, but that's what I got as far as the positives. I want to set something up before I start getting into some of the bad of this quarter through the season. So we're over 25% through the season, so that's why we're doing this right now. Um, I have such high expectations for the Lakers, and it's not because I'm bored and I just want to have high expectations. No, no. The expectations this year are you're all in. 
you're trying to win an NBA championship, and anything short of an NBA championship is a failed season. Um, you know, before the season started, we were having a conversation about, well, what if hypothetically the Lakers got to the NBA Finals, they played the Brooklyn Nets, and they lost? Um, that would be a failed season, and there was no other way to look at it. LeBron is at a stage of his career uh, where every season that you don't win a championship is a missed opportunity. Anthony Davis supposed to be one of the top five, seven, ten players in the NBA. You just traded for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's another superstar in the league. He's just a, a triple-double machine. And then you add all these role players around this roster. The expectations coming into the season, they're so incredibly high that how can you not, after 22 games, be critical of this team that they're sitting at 11-11? and 11? So let me, let me start going off of um, the bad so far through the first quarter of the season. Let me just sit with the record right out the gate. They're 11-11. and 11. So it's not like they started the season and they're only four games above 500 and they're sitting at 13-9. and nine. And we're saying, yeah, 13-9, and nine. you know, that's just not good enough. I mean, look what the Suns are doing. Look what the Warriors are doing. It's not like the Lakers started the season 15-7 and seven, where you're sitting back and saying, okay, well, you know what? You're still four games behind the Warriors. You know, this is not good enough. This is too good of a Lakers team. Look how good this roster is. They're 11-11. and 11. So one of the things that I'm you know, most critical about to start the season is you've had such an incredible opportunity with the way the schedule was lined up to do some damage in the beginning part of the season. Now, let me, let me kind of explain to you exactly what I mean by that. I tried counting all the good teams that the Lakers have played so far this season that was on the schedule. And what I'm referring to there is when I say good team, let me define good team. They're not 500. Um, they're, they're better than 500. They're uh, in the upper echelon of the East or the Western Conference. You think that they're going to actually be competing. They're a at least a second round opponent in the uh, in the NBA standings or whatever the case is. I don't count many of them. That's how good this Lakers schedule has been in the sense that it's been advantageous in the beginning. So they haven't obviously taken advantage of that. So I'll tell you exactly what I mean, what I'm referring to. I know there's some games going on right now, but I'm just going to talk about where the what the standings look like right now. If I 22 games in, if I had to count the good teams that the Lakers had to play so far. The Warriors, okay, no-brainer. That's the first game they played this year. Warriors are 18-2. and two. The Suns, that's the second game the Lakers had to play this year. Okay, another no-brainer. That's a really good team. Uh, they're 17-3. and three. So there's two games so far that you're playing upper echelon teams in the first 22 games. There's only a couple other teams I'd put in that conversation. I'd put Miami in there. Miami, I, I think, will be in the mix there in the, uh, you know, obviously in the Eastern Conference. I put the Bulls there. Uh, Chicago certainly, I think, in the mix there. At least they've got off to a good start, and you feel that they'll 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 stay there. And then I put the Milwaukee Bucks. After that, the reason why I'm not putting any of these other teams in the mix, you know, New York is a game or two above 500. Uh, Boston is a game or two above 500. Memphis is a 500 team. Um, I don't want to put any of these other teams in there. Portland's a 500 team. The only teams that I'm really looking at right now, maybe, maybe if you want to put Charlotte into that conversation as well, uh, but that's you know that that's a home game. Uh, don't even look at it as a home game. I, I don't know if I put Charlotte in that conversation as some of the other teams I just mentioned right there. So when I say one of the critical things, 
one of the things I'm most critical about the Lakers so far this year is you've had a really, really nice advantageous schedule and you did not take advantage of it. So you're 11-11 on the season and the only real good teams I think you played were the Warriors, the Suns, the Miami Heat, the Chicago Bulls, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Those are the only teams I really I look at and I say, yeah, that's a team that could do some real damage down uh, down the road in the playoffs. I don't think the Knicks are going to do some real damage. I don't think Boston's going to do some real damage. I don't think Memphis or Portland or Cleveland or San Antonio, I don't think any of those other teams are going to do damage. So the record speaks for itself. They're 11 and 11. And I think the part that's been tough to swallow is you're not just playing 500 basketball, but you played a lot of teams that you probably should have beat as the season progressed and you didn't. Teams like Minnesota, the Sacramento Kings go down that list, and obviously the Lakers did not take full advantage of that. Um, Okay, I got a lot more things that I'm going to be critical on for the Los Angeles Lakers so far as we analyze the Lakers 25% into the season. And we're going to do that uh, coming up next. Plus, I'll read off a ton of tweets that Laker fans have on here. Uh, And I'll get a chance to, are the Lakers too dependent on LeBron James? We'll do all that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of Lakers Talk. Uh, Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, They are sitting at 11-11. So they get the win yesterday against the Pistons. We're going through the first quarter of the season for the Lakers. The good and the bad. I already spent, you know, a couple highlights I had for the Lakers as far as the good goes. Um, Look, I, I mentioned Carmelo Anthony has been a highlight. I think... The fact that the Lakers have had so many injuries should give you some optimism that they'll eventually turn things around. Guys will get healthy, and you know, obviously, uh, the two players left now are Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Ariza. Um, and then the bad—I uh, I don't, you know, say it lightly—the 11 and 11 start to the season. I know not everything matters about what the the record is when you're putting together a new roster and you're depending on a lot of different players that have not been together and they're trying to build chemistry. But I, I don't look at the 11-11 record so lightly. I, I feel like they've only played a, just a handful of good teams, and the record should be better. But it's not. That's the reality. Now I'm going to kind of continue here to be a little more critical on the Lakers. Not sure I could identify one issue. Um, it, it seems like you know if I go up to 10 different Laker fans, and I got some tweets I'm going to read here in just a second. Um, but if I if I went up to 10 different Laker fans, I said, hey, what do you think the problem is with the Lakers? One person is going to say, well, They've been injured. And then the next person, I said, what do you think the problem is for the Lakers? And they may say, well, Anthony Davis got to play better, and he's got to, you know, he's really got to dominate the game and, and, and be more consistent for the Lakers. He should be a top-five player. And then the next person, I'm going to say, well, Coach Vogel's got his rotations all screwed up, and, you know, he should do a better job. And then the next person might say, well, Rob Palenka, I think that the roster that they put together is too old, whatever the case is. I say that as one of the you know pieces of being critical about the Lakers because there isn't one thing that it feels like that there's four, five, six, eight different answers to, well, why do you think they're sitting at 11-11 right now? 
that we can't pinpoint one thing. I know for me, um, yes, injuries play a part of it, but I think the injury portion is being used too much of an excuse. I think that part is, well, you know, they haven't been 100% healthy, so then that's the only reason, and other than that, they'd be playing perfect basketball. No, I think they do have a number of issues. I think for me, one of the most frustrating ones is uh, defensively for the Lakers, there's a lot of these games where it just doesn't look like getting stops is of interest. Um, it just doesn't look like that's the priority. Um, you know, another thing, as the Lakers will use yesterday's game against the Pistons as an example, or use the Sacramento Kings game on a Friday night. Game against the Kings, you were up 13 and you couldn't put the team away. Yesterday against the Pistons, you were up 19 and you couldn't put the team away. This isn't the first time we've, this has kind of been the theme of the Lakers so far this year. Uh, those are areas that have to change if you're going to be a championship team. Coach said this. I mentioned this to Michael. This was after Friday night's game. They, they just don't know how to, when they have somebody down, keep them down. Now, somebody can make an argument, well, they can't keep them down is because the other teams are just as talented and maybe we're overhyping the Lakers. I don't want to look at it that way because I, I actually do feel like, um, and I know I say this, probably every single week and I probably have to bite my tongue when I do things will get better and they will eventually turn things around and at some point we will be sitting here saying that the Lakers are on a five-game winning streak or a six-game winning streak I mean that's the thought process that's the expectation whether that that happens today or tomorrow I don't have an answer to whether that's realistic or not I think it's realistic they just haven't really shown too much that oh yeah that's that's a lock that's definitely going to happen um, but that's another area that I'd be critical on. Injuries, of course, have played a big factor of, of so far uh, this season for the Lakers. Uh, but like I said, I don't want to make too much of an excuse for it. Another, another area I'd say is critical on, um, I thought Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook together would be much better. Um, I thought there wouldn't have to be, well, if LeBron's going to take some time off, then you know what? The Lakers will be okay. They'll be fine. Well, they got, you know, Anthony Davis, they got LeBron James. That's an area that's been disappointing to me. I, I don't think, you know, if I thought in my mind that AD could potentially have a championship, or no, I'm sorry, not championship, an MVP caliber season, forget that conversation. You know, that, that put it way to the side because that has not been the case at all so far for the Lakers. But I thought him and Russ would be able to hold down the fort more when LeBron was gone. That wasn't the case. Um, it, it certainly wasn't the case for the Lakers, and that's an area that we're obviously going to have to uh, just keep an eye on as the team or as the season progresses. So uh, that, I guess you could say, is my list of the areas that I'd be critical on with the Lakers so far. And, you know, from a coaching perspective, I, I think this is how it works in sports. When your team is playing really well, your coach doesn't usually get that much credit. When your team's playing really poorly, and I'm talking about a team that has expectations, then you start blaming the coach for it. Um, that's just how sports works. And in the NBA, it's no different. And I think Coach Vogel right now is in an interesting spot where he does get a lot of criticism. I, I tell you guys right now, you know, for doing the post game show and uh, reading a lot of tweets, a lot of a lot of play or a lot of fans, they're not crazy about his rotations. They question why certain guys are getting more playing time over others, why there is so much isolation basketball, why he doesn't do certain things in certain predicaments, why he doesn't push his guys more from an effort perspective or closing out teams or whatever the case is. 
Um, and that's going to come as long as you're playing 500 basketball and you're the Lakers. You want me to use a good example? Last week I was doing Lakers talk, and I mentioned this towards the end of the show. So Luke Walton obviously got fired as the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, and that's with a team that has no expectations, none. There are no expectations for the Kings. Okay, maybe in Sacramento you're saying, well, we got to be a part of the playing tournament. They haven't made the playoffs since 2006. They've ran through double-digit coaches over the last handful of years. So that just kind of shows you that when things are going good, very rarely does the coach get a lot of the credit. When things are going bad, everyone points the finger at the head coach. So there's my long laundry list of things um, that over a quarter of the, uh, of the Lakers season through, the, some of the good and some of the bad. Now, the question is going to be, we turn the page – you're 22 games in, and now you start obviously paying attention to your next 20 games, your next 30 games. Will the Lakers be able to correct a lot of these mistakes? I don't have the answer to it. But if LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook are all still playing together, as in they're healthy together, and you can get 20, 25, 30 games uh, with those three in the lineup for 30, 35 minutes or whatever the case is, and you're still playing 500 basketball, then you know there, there might be bigger questions. Nobody, nobody who's tuned in right now, nobody who's a Laker fan expects that to be the case, but it could be. And uh, obviously that's a bigger issue if we're 45 games in or 42 games in or you know whatever that halfway point of the season is. Um, all right, quick shout out here. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through change. Uh, drive-through oil change. It takes about 15 minutes to get your oil change at Valvoline. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline instant oil change. So quick shout-out to them. Thank you for being a part of the show, and thank you for being a partner of the show. Um, if you guys want to be a part of the show, you can always hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, at Alan Sliwa. Uh, feel free to hit me on Twitter. So are the Lakers too dependent on LeBron James? Are they too dependent on him? Uh, first of all, the answer is, of course they are. They're incredibly dependent on LeBron James. But let, let me kind of give an idea of what the Lakers have done or how they've done since um, since LeBron came back. So it's interesting because, remember, his first came, his first game back was against the Boston Celtics. Um, that game was incredibly hyped, at least from a Laker perspective. I'm sure in Boston as well. Uh, Jason Tatum, LeBron James. Okay, well, Lakers are going to have the advantage. Jalen Brown's not playing. That was LeBron's first game back. Uh, dropped 23.6 rebounds for the Lakers. Shot 10 of 16. It was actually AD who led the team in scoring, but of course he was a LeBron was a big part of that game. Lakers lost that game, so that was a little bit of a surprise. Don't count the Pistons game because that's a game him and Isaiah Stewart. Uh, both got ejected from the game. Don't count the Knicks game because LeBron did not play in that game. Um, obviously uh, um, was uh, suspended for that one game. So plays in the Boston game, Lakers lose. Comes back against the Indiana Pacers. Um, he's fantastic. Lakers end up winning the game. Um, LeBron clutch shot after clutch shot. Lakers win the game in overtime. He has 39 points. Uh, five rebounds and six assists. It took an overtime win against the eight and twelve Indiana Pacers team for the Lakers to, you know, obviously pull out uh, pull out a win against Indiana. Okay, how about the game against the Sacramento Kings? Against the Kings, uh, we obviously know Lakers lose that game in triple overtime. LeBron plays 
50 minutes for the Lakers. 30 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds, uh, leads the Lakers in scoring, uh, tied with um, Russell Westbrook for assists on the team, 11 assists, 11 assists. So obviously he's a big part of that game, and the Lakers, you know, unfortunately don't win that game. And then yesterday, um, the uh, the game against the Detroit Pistons, uh, Lakers win by four, and LeBron James, again, a critical piece for the Lake Show, leads the way with 33 points, nine assists, and five rebounds. Are the Lakers too dependent on LeBron James? Of course they are. It's not even a conversation. It's not even a question that they are so dependent on one player. And obviously this is somebody that's 19 years into the league, three more additional years based off the playoff games that he's played. And to need LeBron to drop 33 and 30 and 39 and lead your team in assists or lead your team in rebounds just kind of shows um, just shows how dependent the Lakers are on LeBron James. That part is, you know, I, I don't think that was the plan coming into the season. Certainly that's the reality of the situation right now. And I don't know if they're going to get less depend on, dependent on him as the season progresses. You know, I'm going to use this as an example. There was a point yesterday Lakers were up on the Pistons, I think 16 points, something along those lines. They're up 19, but they're up 16, and then LeBron goes to go take a quick breather. He's got to come back in, and they're up only six, or they're up eight, or something along those lines. I thought those days were over. I really did. I, I thought coming into this year, Lakers wouldn't have to depend as much on LeBron. Um, but, you know, take the stats out, put them all off to the side, don't even look at what he's done production wise. They basically have to have him in these games to win. And the the scary part for me is the games I mentioned since he's come back and Russ, Anthony Davis, you know, these guys playing together. I know AD didn't play the game against the Pacers, um, but you, you, you lost to the Celtics, right? That was a, a game LeBron was in. You beat Indiana, so you're one-on-one. You lost to the Sacramento Kings, and then you beat the Detroit Pistons. So you're really two-and-two. Since uh, since LeBron has come back, don't count the Detroit game. That was a W. Didn't play in the Knicks. That was a loss. Um, you're two and two since he came back. So the record of eleven and eleven. That's one thing. But I think another thing to kind of pay attention to is even when LeBron's been there, it's not like it's been perfect basketball by any stretch of the imagination. So keep an eye on that. Uh, are the Lakers too dependent on LeBron? Of course they are, and I, I'm not. I'm not too sure how much of that's going to change as the season progresses. So that's something to keep an eye on. Okay, a couple things we can do when we come back. Number one, I keep saying this, I'm going to read off these tweets from Laker fans of just the biggest issue you think so far through the first 22 games. There's a lot of different topics here. There's a lot of different angles that Laker fans have, so I'm going to spend some time on that. Um, plus, you know, we'll get a chance as, a, as the show progresses as well. NBA came out with their power rankings where are the Lakers when it comes to the power rankings, the upcoming schedule coming up, a couple of NBA topics I want to get into. So appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Lakers back, uh, back in action tomorrow night. Taking on the Sacramento Kings, so a chance to go up against a squad that beat them on Friday in triple overtime. You know what's crazy? LeBron James played 50 minutes in that game, uh, I want to say Westbrook played 51, maybe 51 or 52, and then Anthony Davis played 49 minutes. But LeBron James logging 50 minutes against the Sacramento Kings the day after Thanksgiving, yeah, that that uh, that definitely was not ideal, not something that you want to see. Um, okay, but before I get into, I do want to read some tweets, some Laker fans. I threw out the question to Laker fans yesterday, right before the game started. Hey, what do you think has been the biggest issue with this disappointing start for the Lakers? I got so many responses, and right out the gate, I was like, all right, I, I got to make this a part of Lakers talk. Let me read off specific tweets from people, what some of their concerns are, and then if I could help to see if, okay, some of this stuff's going to get addressed, if this is fair criticism or it's not fair criticism. But before I do so, so I was talking about LBJ doing the um, the log in the 50 minutes, uh, how dependent they've been on him so far since he came back. Pretty crazy uh, stat here. So Funches sent this to me a little bit earlier uh, in the day. So there's a, uh, there's a Twitter account called LeBron History. 18 years, 18 years ago today, uh, LeBron became the youngest player in history to score 30 points in an NBA game. Last night, 18 years later, he scored the same exact number of points. So, you know, last night he scored 33, November 28th, 2021, 33 points, 9 assists. November 29th, 2003, 33.7 assists. So it just kind of shows you how long LBJ has been doing this for. Not a surprise or a shock. Well, maybe a shock. I mean, if I had told you after he did that when he was 18 years old or whatever the case is, that he's going to be at this stage of his career still doing it at the highest level, I think we'd all be a little shocked or surprised, but um, maybe we're not as shocked and surprised before because it's LeBron and and we know just how great LeBron is. Okay, so read off some of these tweets from Laker fans, and I I got a couple here specific that I want to read off. Uh, The question I put out there yesterday, Laker fans, obviously a very disappointing start to the season. What do you think has been the biggest issue? What do you think has been the biggest issue? So I'll start off with this one. Vipool on Twitter, not having an enforcer, i.e. Rick Fox, Meta World Peace, Matt Barnes, Mike Markeith Morris uh, type of guy. Do I think that that is, and, and if we try to think about it, who would be the forcer, enforcer on this Lakers team? Probably Dwight Howard. You know, I don't think DeAndre is much of an enforcer. Dwight Howard, that's kind of his role. That's what he does. Um he agitates the other team, tries to get under your skin. He's a hustle guy. He'll do whatever you ask him to do. He's that type of player. And you're right. You know, th- those were players that the Lakers had before. Rick Fox, uh, Meta, Matt Barnes, Markeith Morris. Um, Draymond is that for the Golden State Warriors and just a superb defender. 
The problem with Dwight Howard is it's not like he gets a ton of minutes to where you can depend on that on a game-in, game-out basis. Another type of enforcer, wouldn't that be Avery Bradley? But again, that's not screaming and shouting, uh, hey, you got to play me 35 minutes a game, where with a lot of these other guys, a lot of these other guys, they were in the lineup frequently. Maybe not Markeith Morris, but some of those other players. So I think it's fair. I think it's fair to point that out. Um, I don't know if that's the main reason why the Lakers are 11 and 11 or why they've got off to some of their struggles, but th- that's a fair one to point, point out there. Um, this is Jacob Yankee on Twitter. We lost our youth and defense to form a big three, but our big three isn't very good because Westbrook doesn't fit with LeBron. Um, if there's one criticism of the Lakers from the start, since Russell Westbrook came to the Lake Show, it wasn't that he's not talented. It wasn't that he can't go out there and, you know, get your triple doubles. The question has been the fit. Does he fit with LeBron uh, and Anthony Davis, but more specifically with LeBron? I don't have the answer yet. I don't. And if Laker fans, if you think I'm trying to make an excuse here that I'm not giving you an answer, no, no, no. I don't have an answer yet because seeing those three play together in 10 games is not enough to determine 10, 11 games, whatever it is now, is not enough to determine whether that's a successful trio or it's not. Now, if we're sitting here 50 games in and we got to see them play or we, we, we saw 50 games with them playing together and it just doesn't seem like it's working and defenses out there are saying, okay, well, stay the hell off of Russ. Um, just worry about LeBron and AD. If Russ takes jumpers, it is what it is. Then it's going to be a different conversation. But I, I don't know how somebody could look at this ten games in. Now, now you could be, um, you could already not have confidence that. Okay, well, I there's a lot of people I'll, I'll use as an example. Travis Rogers, who I do the show with in the morning. Travis has been critical about the Russell Westbrook. He's been critical from the start. And he's, you know, kind of said in the past, look, I hope it works. I just don't think that that's ever going to work. I don't think that's a good fit. You could come into it uh, when the trade went down and, and be skeptical about it. But me personally, who I was excited about the Lakers going out and getting another star. I was excited about them going out and getting veteran role players. I did think that's how you win and you build a championship team. Um I'm still, I'm still. It's incomplete to me yet. If if Russell Westbrook and LeBron James are going to make it work, am I less skeptical today than I was when they first made the trade? Of course I am, because I've seen some games with it, and there are a lot of times where statistically everybody's putting up stats. But how does the game look? Does it look like everything is just a constant flow, and it looks like they're playing beautiful basketball, or does it seem like more of a struggle? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that there are plenty of times that it's looked more of a struggle. Um, Deng uh, Baltazar, Lakers for Life on Twitter, says defense. I said this before and I'll say it again. If the squad doesn't play defense, if they don't turn around and become a defensive team where that is the focal point, that it's not about how many points did you get or how many points did I get or me sitting here saying that, well, LeBron put up this many numbers, AD put up this numbers. If the Lakers can't play defense – they're not going to win a championship. That's just not how it works in the NBA. It doesn't. And if you want to go look at other teams that were high-scoring power offenses, they got stops when they needed to. They played defense when they needed to. And we don't have to go very far to go look at this Lakers team from, you know, obviously the 2020 bubble year. Lakers got stops. That doesn't mean that they were perfect. That doesn't mean that they were coming out every game and, 
you know, only allowing 95 points. But when they needed to depend on their defense, that's how they won games. And I've said this a lot on the post-game show that, uh, you know, I, when I read off stats and say, well, this player had a great game because he had 18 points and he shot 6 of 14 from the field. And I know it wasn't efficient, but you know what? Uh, he looked good and he hit some timely shots. What we don't talk enough about is are those same guys getting the stops that you need on the other uh, on the other side? Okay, last one that I want to read off here, and again, just this is me going off of reading uh, listeners' um, uh, tweets that I got over the last couple of days on what's been the biggest issue with the Lakers so far. Um, Des Tax on Twitter, ISO. Every play is a post up or an ISO. You would think that with all these playmakers on the team, that the team would be able to run. Uh, basically run plays. Uh, nope, just ISO and lose games, I guess. Okay, so that one's a fair one. Very, very fair. I- I'm actually, I'm probably more with you on this one than most other people. Man, I cannot tell you. And I'm a fan of the game. I-, I just love basketball in general. There's something about watching a team that you don't know who's going to shoot the ball. The ball is constantly moving. Uh, it-, it feels like they're all on one string. The defense is shuffling all over the place because they don't know who the hell is going to get the ball. This guy cuts, and you just didn't see it. A back screen comes here, high, low, blah, 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 and the team's moving all over the place. Yeah, that part's been frustrating. Lakers do play a lot of isolation basketball. Um, you know, use this as an example. LeBron almost single-handedly beat the Indiana Pacers couple nights ago that was the day before Thanksgiving that Wednesday night took a ton of threes they were living and dying by the three and so was LeBron he hits those threes Lakers are going to win the game he misses one or two of those threes they probably lose that game but it's not like Lakers were doing anything creative it's not like Lakers were you know obviously moving the ball around and it was just beautiful offense no it's been isolation ball and we've seen that before it could be Russ and ISO or AD and ISO um, I think it's a fair point to bring up by uh, Des Tax on Twitter. So those are some of the things that I read off. I know a lot of people also talked about Coach Vogel and that um, he's got to do a better job. And I said this earlier in the show, and I think it's worth repeating. Uh, he'll get credit if the team obviously starts turning things around. But at, at this case of the season when you're 11-11, of course there's going to be a lot of finger point towards the coach. That's just how sports works. And whether it's fair or it's not fair – that's just the world that we live in. That's how it works, and obviously it's going to be no different from this perspective. Um, okay, got my final thoughts when we come back. Plus, uh, the NBA ESPN put out their power rankings. Where are the Lakers in this uh, NBA power rankings? The upcoming schedule for the Lake Show, so we'll look at the games that they got coming up this week. I think actually kind of an interesting one here. I want to make some comparisons between the Lakers and the Clippers because Lakers got a game coming up against the Clippers. They're drastically different in the uh, power rankings. Um, So we'll get into that coming up next. Plus, I want to take a quick peek at the NBA standings and see where the Lakers are in the mix of the Western Conference. Again, I know there's a lot of games going on right now. So we will do all of that uh, coming up here shortly. Quick shout out here, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. I'll say that again. Home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Valvoline's been a partner. They were partnered with us on Lakers Talk last year, a partner again this year, so we greatly appreciate their partnership. Okay, uh, we'll take a quick look at the upcoming schedule coming up next and uh, where the Lakers rank in ESPN's NBA Power Rankings. 
All that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, final segment of Lakers Talk. Appreciate everybody, by the way, being on the show. Um, don't forget, tomorrow morning, start tuning in, 6 a.m., uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and uh, Max, myself, and Travis Rogers will come on right after that, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Crazy stuff going on in sports right now, all over sports, not just Lakers basketball, but locally here for L.A., obviously. Um, a lot of stuff going on over these uh, last couple of weeks, and specifically these last couple of days. I'm going to throw out this uh, Harris Resort, as you guys know, is one of our partners on Lakers Talk. Uh, Laker fans, you got a chance right now to win a two-night stay plus a $100 resort credit to have a glorious time at Harris Resort SoCal in Funner, California. This is how you do it. Just text the word Funner, F-U-N-N-E-R, right now to 40705 for your chance to win. Text the word Funner, F-U-N-N-E-R, right now to 40705 for your chance to win. Uh, are you game for a getaway? You could start planning your trip at HarrisSoCal.com. Uh, Lakers Talk, obviously, uh, brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Okay, a couple things to hit on here, as I uh, as I mentioned. Um, so the NBA, every week on ESPN, they do their power rankings. So the power rankings, very simple how this works. Where do you rank starting on Monday? And they start looking at all the different squads, um, obviously from an NBA perspective. I'm always curious to take a look at this. Um, so one through five, I'm going to list out the the teams in, in the top five positions. By the way, powerhouse matchup coming on tomorrow. It's not the Lakers and the Kings. It's the two best teams in the NBA. So I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. So number one, no shock, no surprise, the Golden State Warriors are the number one team in ESPN's power ranking. Okay, they're 18-2. and two. Uh, Clay Thompson could be back within the next couple of weeks. Um, Draymond Green's playing fantastic. He's going to be a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. Steph Curry on track to win his third MVP. Right now it's, it's a runaway. Who do they play next? They play tomorrow night against the Phoenix Suns at Phoenix, who, what have the Suns done? They've only won... Uh, Suns would they've won 16 games in a row. They're 17 and three overall right now. Uh, so they obviously get a chance to go up against uh, the Golden State Warriors tomorrow. Number three on ESPN's power ranking, the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn sitting at 14 and six. They were in that position last week, so not much has changed. Um, this one is a team. The Lakers faced the Milwaukee Bucks. What was that two weeks ago or so? It was the start of their road trip, and everybody knew. Okay, Milwaukee's going to get better. They were missing a lot of guys. Chris Middleton just finally came back in that game against the Lakers, where they're 13-8 and eight now. ESPN has them ranked fourth in their power rankings, and uh, it's it's funny. Um, you know, you look at this team, and, and you just kind of take a look at the NBA standings in general. Um, the Bucks are trending in the right direction, and I don't think much is going to change. They finally got their guys all together, and now they're up to – fourth place in the Eastern Conference, and they've won seven games in a row. And then to round out the top five uh, in the NBA Power Rankings, you got the Miami Heat sitting at 13-7. and seven. So there's your top five. Okay, where are the Lakers? Utah, six. Chicago, seven. Wizards, eight. Dallas, nine. Hornets, ten. So there's your top ten. Okay, where are the Lakers? Clippers, who the Lakers will play uh, this upcoming Friday, they're 11 and 9. They're sitting at number 11. The Philadelphia 76ers, they're at 12. The Hawks are at 13. The Knicks are at 14. Still going, Laker fans. 
Portland's at 15, Denver's at 16, Boston is at 17, and then you get the Los Angeles Lakers at 18. So 11 and 11, uh, Lakers kind of keep dropping from a week-to-week basis as far as this ranking goes. And uh, listen, again, uh, it's not like this tells the full story, but it tells the story over the first, what, seven weeks of the season that the Lakers are an average team and them being ranked 18th in the ESPN power rankings, I don't don't have a problem with that. I get it. I understand it. I mean, I don't think that should be a shock or a surprise or anything along those lines. Uh, But that's where the Lakers are in the power rankings. Um, As far as the standings go, before I get into the upcoming games uh, on the schedule this week, standings, this is where the Lakers sit. So they're in sixth place. you got a, a ton of teams in the Western Conference all pretty much in the same area, other than the Warriors and the Suns, who are 18-2 and two and 17-3, and three, which, by the way, you're already eight games behind the Golden State Warriors for the number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, Utah Lakers are within three games. Dallas Lakers are within a game, uh, three in the loss column, so just keep that one in mind. Then you got a lot of mediocre teams. Portland is a 500 team. They're 10 and 10. Minnesota's a 500 team. They're 10 and 10. Memphis, 10 and 10. Denver, 9 and 10, but they've had a ton of injuries. They've actually lost six games in a row. I saw Walsh tweet out something earlier. Jokic was going to play uh, in tonight's game, so I know there's games going on now. Um, so, what is this kind of just gives you a perspective of where the Lakers are in the standings? And as we look to this week's games, I heard Russ say it yesterday, I heard LeBron say it yesterday. I think the Lakers are looking forward to that game tomorrow against the Sacramento Kings. I really do. They lost a triple overtime game against the Kings on Friday night, and uh, I think they want another crack at them. Now, here's the only problem with that. I don't think the Sacramento Kings or the Detroit Pistons or the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Oklahoma City Thunder or the San Antonio Spurs, I think there's a lot of teams out there, the Indiana Pacers, the Knicks, that – even though it's the Los Angeles Lakers, I don't think a lot of teams are, are worried about the Lakers. Like I, I don't think they fear them the way you would have thought coming into the season. So I think there are a lot of teams out there that say, okay, yeah, we got to go up against the Lakers, but Sacramento will be rocking. Not that that not because they're a fantastic team, it's because they only get to play the Lakers a couple times a year, and they're coming off a W at Staples Center. Um, you know, obviously on Friday night. So I, I think the as much as the Lakers want to go up against the Kings, I don't think teams right now, at least at this stage of the season, really fear the Lakers. And, and Lakers really haven't given them too much a, of a, a reason to fear because if they are up 13 points or 19 points or 15 points, most teams know the Lakers have a tendency to potentially uh, blow that lead away or at least make it interesting. And that's not that much different than we've seen all season. Okay, the only other game I want to get into is so they got the Kings coming up tomorrow. And then only one other game this week. It's kind of weird. Lakers play the Clippers on Friday night, and it's a Laker home game. The Clippers, I mentioned, uh, you know, a couple games better than the Lakers. One game you could say in the standings. Um, I told you the NBA rankings, the way they placed them. Clippers were 11th. Lakers were 19th. So all week long, we'll spend a lot of time because I still think there's a good conversation to be had about where the Clippers are going, where the Clip or where the Lakers are going, and c- kind of comparing these two franchises. And then that's that's it this week. Next week when I do uh, Lakers talk on Monday, they'll have only played two games, the Kings and the Clippers. So Lakers getting a little bit of rest here. Um, as always, Laker fans, greatly appreciate you guys being a part of the show. ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Lakers talk with Alan Sliwa, and you'll get the full two hours. So I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. 
Uh, Lakers and the Kings coming up tomorrow. Don't forget to tune into the pregame show. It starts at uh, 530. Thanks for being part of the show. Have a good rest of your night.